0: I'm Katherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Katherine Zox Show. Joining me today is Joanna Farber. Uh, She is Faber. She's an author, and her new book is How to Talk When Kids Won't Listen, Whining, Fighting, Meltdowns, Defiance, and Other Challenges of Childhood. Building on core themes of mutual respect— Joanna Faber and co author Julie King suggest thoughtful, constructive, and sympathetic alternatives to yelling or punishment. As a part of the How to Talk series, readers will learn communication strategies to some of the most difficult challenges of raising children, including tantrums, homework hassles, and sibling squabbles. With its lively combination of real life anecdotes, entertaining cartoons and answers to topics requested by readers she offers an invaluable resource for every parent grandparent teacher and anyone else who lives or works with children coming after a year in which adults and kids alike have been through so much her invaluable advice is also quoted in New York Times parenting welcome to the show Joanna nice to have you on today thank you for having me I'm happy to be here well, I guess this topic, or the topic, or the title of your book, as I understand it, is sort of in your DNA, because this is what your mother wrote about, too, uh, we're talking what, 20, 30 years ago, and you were involved in that whole, in, in, from the very beginning.
1: Sure. First, I was a subject, <laughs> and <laughs> you there were, the were a kid? lot of stories about me, and then later there were stories from me, when I started teaching, and I started giving my mom all the stories from my classroom when she was writing How to Talk So Kids Will Learn. And then I had kids of my own, and then there were more stories. So yes, I've been involved in all kinds of capacity all along.
0: Well, it's interesting because, as you say, you started out, you were the kid, then you were the teacher, and now you're the parent. Uh, And at some point, I'm sure you'll be the grandparent. Uh, Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, I'm just beginning that, and I just I have two, three, two three year old twin uh, grandchildren, uh, and one five year. old so yeah. So your book is very appropriate for me, and uh, I had that'll three keep boys. you lively. Yeah, it does. It keeps you alive. I'll say that. <laughs> um, okay, so let's start because you know what? Do things have things changed? Maybe I should ask you that. I mean, are the issues still the same as they were? say, when you were a little girl or when I was a little girl, as they are today? Or if not, what's the difference? Well,
1: I think the principles of communication and the way we're wired, the way human beings are wired emotionally are the same, but there are new challenges. Um, You know, we we have these screens that are sucking up our children's attention, and there are a lot of conflicts over that. We've had this year or now going on two years of pandemic where everybody's been isolated and under a pressure cooker and trying to work and take care of kids at the same time. So those are two big new challenges. And, and, you know, it's not that easy to just take an abstract theory of how to communicate and apply it to a whole new challenge. I think it helps parents to hear actual examples and stories of the struggles that other parents have had and how they've used these skills. One of the things we're trying to do is create a kind of community of parents so they hear what's going on in other people's homes because we tend to think that our children are, you know, uniquely falling apart, melting down, giving us a hard time, and, you know, what am I doing wrong? And it's, you know, Part of it is just helpful to hear that it's happening all around you. Everybody's facing these same challenges, and it's it's a pretty normal thing. So we, we're starting from there.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great idea because I think, I mean, women tend to or mothers tend to. You'll, maybe you'll tell your best girlfriend or you'll talk to your mother about some of the issues. But, yeah, you're kind of embarrassed. Maybe you don't want to admit the fact that your kid is acting out or hitting or doing all those kinds of things, so I guess. Uh, and so you you don't necessarily share all that, but this book brings yes. us all together. Hey, this is happening exactly, to all of us. Exactly, exactly. Yeah.
1: We don't we don't go and post on Facebook that our four year old is pinching the baby in the crib. Exactly. You know, that's that's not the you know that burnished polished moment we want to share. So when we look around, I think. You know, it looks like everybody else is living this perfect life. You know, look at those beautiful zucchini muffins their kids are eating. Um, How about look at the family? I'm
0: glad you brought the Facebook thing up because that can really make people feel bad. I know we talk about it a lot, but what pictures do you post? We're on vacation. We're at the beach. Everyone's smiling and laughing. And, you know, the the four-year-old's holding the baby, not pinching the baby or punching the baby or pulling the baby's (laughs) arms out or whatever. We don't do that. (laughs)
1: Uh, No, we don't. And why, why would we? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Why would we exactly? Um, and I okay. You have very specific. Well, first of all, you have examples in your book, but then specific topics. So I mean, because I mentioned that in the beginning, in the intro, uh, what some of the you know what are some of the the issues, the the constants, the ones that we're always having to deal with. And you want to yell and scream. I mean, and you know, as a parent and as a grandparent I, I don't yell as a grandparent because it's a different it's a different situation. But as a parent, I'm yelling and I'm saying, Why am I doing this? I shouldn't, you know, but I can't help it, and I'm at reach the end of my rope and so how do we mitigate all of that? Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, I guess being a grandparent, I have not experienced yet. I'm excited. I look forward to it. Um, But um, we're not under in that same pressure cooker as parents are. I I thought I was well prepared from having been a teacher for 10 years. But when I had three kids of my own, I realized that, oh, you don't get to go home at three o'clock. This is a 24 seven job. So it's, so much easier to get to the end of our rope. Um, I just. Well, I'm
0: a, I'm a social tangential worker. Thought, so I the tangential same thing thought you're, when you are I'm sorry, go uh, ahead. No, I was going to say, as a. Uh, I'm a social worker, so social workers are empathetic and. You know, the relationship is congruent and all of that. And, you know, you're sitting in your office and, and talking to people and families and couples. But then when you get home, as you say, it's a whole different... the ball, It's a different ball game. It's a different ballpark, actually. So, let's, yeah.
1: It is a, it, it's a whole different park.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. I, I listened
1: to one of your shows uh, before I came on this show today. Uh-huh. And one of the things that your guest said was um, that sometimes when she's working with women she asked them what if a, f- a dear friend came to you and said i'm in this situation and my partner is abusing me you know how would you advise them and then they give that advice to the other person that they would give to themselves and i i sometimes find myself doing that I, you know when i had three young kids and i felt overwhelmed i would stop and think wait what advice would i give to someone in one of my parenting workshops oh yeah this is what I can do because it was a way of, you know, popping myself out of that feeling of being totally overwhelmed and just wanting to scream, (laughs) but you have for topics. So I'll list some topics. Um, uh, Definitely uh, screen time causes a lot of conflict. Homework causes a lot of conflict. Siblings fighting, sharing. Um, We have a chapter on divorce because that of course is, a time of enormous emotional stress, uh, whining. People want to know about fears, kids who have fears and anxieties, how to help them get over that. Uh, is that enough to start out?
0: Yeah, that's enough we to have, start we out. And I also want to hit tantrums. Tantrums think is no part sex. of it too. So tantrums is, is interesting sure. because, I mean, because I think those are always in the foreground, uh, that, that um, kids having tantrums uh, as a result of all, all of this. So you start out, well, yeah, which one do you find perhaps is the one that people talk to you about the most, that are most, you know, in terms of all of those topics?
1: Well, hmm, which is, is there one topic? I guess, to me, to me, the one topic, what it always comes down to is the foundation um, which is feelings, which I know sounds very touchy-feely by definition. But if you'll indulge a little tangent here for a moment, if we think about the times, those parenting moments, when we are deeply grateful that we're not being filmed for a reality TV show because we've really lost it with our kids and we've snapped at them and said something mean or we're screaming at them, Those are not times when we're feeling at our best. You know, we're probably under some kind of stress. Maybe we had an argument with our partner. Maybe we had a bad day at work. Maybe we didn't have a good night's sleep. You know, if the same conflict had come up at a different part of the day when we were feeling more cheerful, we would have handled it more gracefully. And the point here is there's a connection between our feelings and our behavior, and there's a connection between kids' feelings and kids' behavior. So if we want to help them behave better, we have to start with feelings, which means the onerous job of actually acknowledging negative feelings, which is something that is counterintuitive to most of us. Because when a kid says something really negative... We want to brush it away. You know, we don't want to magnify it in any way. We want to say, oh, you're overreacting. Oh, it's not that bad. Um, You're being too sensitive. Uh, That's life. You want to give them a little philosophical perspective. That's what we want to do. But the more we do that, the more the situation heats up and the more enraged and upset the kid gets. So that's, so that's the address. So we have to I give you validate. some examples.
0: We, oh yeah, I was going to say, give us examples. But you're talking about validating their feelings. Well, I, I, I can think of an example when my kids used to say, "I hate you." Now that never really bothered me. I, I would, I would validate. I, I get it. But you hate me. But we have to. <laughs> but we have <laughs> but to do have what to we're going to do. Yeah. <laughs>
1: well, let me start with. Yeah, kids do sometimes try to use the strong, the strongest language possible right. to express their strong emotions. And of course, they don't really hate us, but they're trying to say something that shows us just how upset they are. So, if we can sort of start before that moment when they're in that incredible state of upset, um, that's going to help. So, here's just a few examples. So, you know, your kid. Homework is a real stress for parents. So the kid sits down and says, this homework's too hard. You know, what do we want to say? You know, we want to say, you know, if you spent half the time working on it, that you're spending complaining about it, you'd be finished by now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what kid ever said in the history of time, oh, thanks for pointing that out, Mom. (laughs) I'll get right to it. I feel fine now. (laughs) It's unlikely, right? Right. But maybe if we're in a better mood, we'll say something like, oh, no, it's not. It's easy. Here, let me show you. Well, that is not going to make a kid feel good about doing his homework because now he's hearing, oh, what you are struggling with is actually easy for the rest of us. And even if you manage to do it, all you've managed to do is something simple. So if we can just accept that, Sort of defeated negative feeling and say, ugh, oh, long division can be so frustrating. There's so many steps to each problem. It, it could drive a person crazy. That's what actually is going to give a kid the, the courage and the oomph to face that task. The fact that somebody knows how he's feeling. You know, if you think about it, my mother always used to say, if, it, if you're not sure, try it out on yourself. So, you know, if you came home from work and said, Oh my gosh, like I the boss just loaded me with all these reports to do over the weekend and you know, I it's just too much. And what if your spouse said to you, Well if you'd stop complaining about it and get to it, you'd be done. Right. Yeah. Now now you're angry at your spouse as well as your husband, right? right. Or if he said, Oh, that doesn't look so bad. You say, are you kidding? You're not the one who has to do it. Um, You know, it would be more, you know you have to do it. You can't lose your job, right? But you would feel more strength to face it with a sympathetic spouse who said, oh, no, you were looking forward to relaxing this weekend and working in the garden and reading a book, and now you have this mountain of reports to do. That's so disappointing. It's always, it's a little gift to know that somebody understands what our inner experience is. And and it helps us calm down. They've actually done scientific research where they monitored people's brain activity and they found that when people use the strongest possible language to express, you know, fear or... Upset or other kinds of emotion, it helps the amygdala calm down. It lowers the activity in the amygdala and helps us think more clearly. So there is scientific evidence to support support this very emotion based approach.
0: Yeah. I think that works. I mean, as you're discussing, uh, well, you brought it up. I mean, it's with the kids, it works with your partner. Uh, it also sometimes do, does this work when you are, like, say, you're that your kid is like, you know, the homework is horrible. I can't do this. I can't. Sometimes one can just, as a parent, tell me if I'm wrong or as a grandparent, just listen and not even say anything. Just be there and be present and maybe even go on to next, but not necessarily. I, my grandson at one point he was, was telling me something. He was upset. He came in my room, and I started to talk about, validate what he had to say. and And then finally he said, you know, Grammy, I just – I don't want you to tell me what to do. Just listen to me. And mm. it was like, oh, okay. That's all he wanted to do. He just wanted to 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 kind of to vent, as you're saying, and and to calm down. But he didn't want my. He didn't really want me to say anything.
1: You know, what feedback or advice or
0: yeah, I. It's such a good point. It's such
1: a good point. And one of the the skills, one of the tools that we have in our book, is is just to listen in relative silence. And by that we mean, you know, the nod of the head, the mmm, the ugh, oh, the therapeutic grunt, I think they call that. Oh, yeah. Nobody knows how you spell it. Um, or, oh, the, the kind of sound you hear when you're listening to a woman talking on the phone to maybe one of her girlfriend's, who's telling her a tale of woe, and that, and that woman's just going, oh, mm, oh. And, and just being a listening ear, being a, an empathetic soul, and not saying, well, why don't you just tell him, blah, 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 or what you should really do is, blah, 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 blah. And I, I have had many people in my workshops tell me the exact same experience that you've had, which is, I started just listening, you know, I kind of pressed my lips together. I wanted to, you know, give advice, um, you know, or tell the two kids how to solve their little argument, but I started just listening. And when I finished listening and nodding and mmming, they just walked away and they were fine. So that, that's the sort of most magical outcome where, you know, now you're off the hook. That was easy, right? All you had to do was, suppress your desire to give your wisdom. I love to give my wisdom. I know what you should do. So it's, it's, it's actually a big job for us to kind of hold back like that. I applaud you for doing it.
0: Joanna, what do you think about, like today, I think one of the things that's different, and you kind of, well, you talked about Facebook, but on the Internet, there's so many... I, I guess so many how-tos and what you should do and the kind of, you know, what parenting is all about from day one, from the day they come out of the womb and this is the way it should be. And it seems to me that impacts young parents uh, from the very beginning, that there are so many shoulds and they're so aware of all of the information that's out there. And so how does that, say, impact their response to their kids? You know, it's just, it, there's so much information about what parenting should be or shouldn't be
1: mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's a tough one Yeah, because I am aware of that and I hate to think that that I'm part of that <laughs> and I, that I'm part of that avalanche of telling parents how they should do things and, and you yeah. know adding to that burden uh, I guess
0: But you know what I you're have not two really doing all well, I'm sorry I'm sorry was go ahead I you're not your book you're not really doing that I mean I'm talking about some of the things well the you know the kid has to you have to wake them up every 2 hours to nurse them this has to be done or you have to do the uh, what is it there's a sleep thing they're supposed to do there are all kinds of things very oh, specific oh yeah.
1: oh dear oh dear yeah. very specific things yeah yeah I mean we try to advance the notion you know, at the foundation is, it's it's very personal, you know, what works for you, what do you feel good about, what are your needs, and what works for your child, and what are your child's needs, and how can you, you know, find a way forward that respects all of those needs, and one of the things we do in our book is we... Very much so in our first book, How to Talk So Little Kids Will Listen, is tell a lot of stories, you know, of parents who, who did lose it, including telling stories on ourselves. And, and, you know, talking about, you know, when we get angry, when parents get angry, and, and, you may, and helping, hopefully helping people feel that, hey, we're all part of this together, you know, this is, this is human. You know, you're not expected to be preternaturally calm all the time or perfect all the time or robotic, Um, you know, but it's hard. There's so much, there's so much out there for people to sift through. And, um, hmm.
0: yeah. Well, and what about the pandemic? Let's talk about the. You know, we say post-pandemic, or I, I I hear that, uh, but it it really isn't post-pandemic. I think it's going to be pandemic. It's ongoing. It's evolving. It's not over, and I'm not so sure it's ever going to really be over. So that's a whole new area. Uh, It would seem to me that uh, your book is really helpful in that context because we're going to have a lot more of this. Quarantining, isolation, different rules, different regulations, Um, and so we'll be faced with the problems that you just mentioned in the beginning of the interview. But I think even exacerbated, you know, a hundred times over, with parents and children and grandparents and teachers.
1: Sure, sure, we're 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 under pressure and we're isolated and trying to juggle jobs and kids at home, and people have. You know, many people who have called us and emailed us and spoken to us have unrealistic expectations of themselves and they have unrealistic, these unrealistic expectations have been put on them by the outside world as well that they are all of a sudden going to morph into homeschool, wonderful homeschool teachers who can get their kids to sit in front of screens all day, you know, watching the Zoom lessons and that they can get their office work done and you know, have meetings with multiple people while they have a two-year-old and a four-year-old who are never fighting over trucks or trying (laughs) to bash each other in the head. Right. So (laughs) it is tough. We can use skills more more than ever, and we can also use a little bit of kindness to ourselves, (laughs) you know, and, you know, the idea that, well, maybe this just isn't doable, and there's nothing wrong with me, and there's nothing wrong with my kids. Yeah.
0: And maybe you have to, one has to assess your own skills, like you say, maybe this isn't doable. I mean, I am not, a. am t- a, a, a social worker, a radio host, I'm not a teacher. I don't, And I, even with my own kids, pre, pre, pre pandemic, I, I let teaching up, I didn't teach my kids to read, they learned how to read in school, and they all did really well. But that wasn't my skill. I had other skills, and I think just what you said—you kind of, as a parent, have to assess what can you do and what can't you do, and it's okay. And and not try to sort of do things that you can't do with your kids because that's frustrating. Um, and you, then, yeah, you, you can
1: ease off of yourself and your kids. Sometimes we get sucked into this spiral, like, oh, my kid has to know has to have memorized the multiplication tables, and you keep pounding away at this, and everybody's getting frustrated and miserable. And at one point, you might say to yourself, wait a minute, what if my kid doesn't memorize the multiplication tables by the end of this year? That might be okay. (laughs) You know, what if we do some finger painting and poke around in the mud with sticks and build something... uh, you know the this is really off the topic of my book, but uh, I, I just <laughs> love to see people put less pressure on themselves, yeah. and, and it, it's, it's tough to do. It's tough. Everybody's, everybody's under pressure. But you know, we can sort of circle back. It's going to always help ease the pressure if we can keep in mind when our kids express those strong emotions. You know, when they say about their younger brother, I hate Sammy. You know, and we want to say, like, oh, don't say that. You don't hate your brother. He's your brother. You love him. I don't want to hear those words come out of your mouth. That's not nice. You know, if we can remember when that strong emotion comes blasting out at us, to acknowledge it. And, you know, we don't have to say, oh, yeah, your little brother's a hateful little twerp. (laughs) You know, we kind of interpret for the kid what they're expressing and say boy it sounds like something sammy did really made you angry or really annoyed you bothered you and then you're going to hear more yeah he you know grabbed my lego spaceship that i spent you know all week working on and he tried to fly it and he broke it into little pieces oh that's so frustrating you worked so hard on that and it came out so beautifully and it had all those little antennas on it and the ray guns. And so when you approach it that way, the the anger is actually going to decrease and the thinking ability will come to the fore. And and at when the extreme distress of the moment is at a lull, then you can talk about solutions. Boy, what can we do? You know, because... Little brothers are so attracted to things like Lego spaceships. I wonder if there's anywhere we could put them where they'll be safe or if there's something we could make for him that he could pull apart. See, that's the heart of the method is to start with acknowledging feelings and then move on to solutions.
0: And, Joanna, I think that's – we only have a couple of minutes left because, that, I mean, that is the overall – I mean, that is the picture that we want people to, to see – I mean, you don't want to dismiss your child's feelings. And then, as you're saying, then the kind of the default response becomes what you're talking about, understanding why, let's talk, you know, getting into why you feel that way about Sammy destroying your whole Lego set that you've been building for a week. I get that. And then (laughs) have some kind of a solution. But, uh, okay. Yeah, and it takes a lot of
1: practice because we get triggered, you know, every time our kids express you know, a strong negative emotion, we get triggered, we want to squish it down or push it away, but right. I would just ask, ask the listeners, experiment, see what happens, yeah. you know, try try it every once in a while, try just restating that in your own words, and, and, you know, give them a vocabulary, we're, we're trying to give them a vocabulary of emotions, oh, that's so disappointing, well, you know, how frustrating, that kind of thing can make you angry, um, And once kids start to pick up on this, they can express themselves with a range of vocabulary. They're less likely to hit, kick, scream, meltdown, wreck things, throw things, because they have these powerful words and people are listening to them.
0: Yeah, so we're giving them the tools now. Also, we want to give the parents the book. So I want to I want to mention the book, and I want you to give me a website that we can go to for more information about you and the book. How to talk when kids won't listen, whining, fighting, meltdowns, defiance, and other challenges of childhood. We have just touched on a few, and uh, so you need to go out and um, get Joanna's book so that you will have a lot more tools in your toolbox. So website. Thirty seconds left. Okay.
1: The website is how-to-talk.com. So the words how to talk with dashes in between. And there's a Facebook at Faber and King. And the book is not at all dry. It's got a lot of stories. It's got funny cartoons. It's got quizzes in it. It's got letters from readers, sort of like a Dear Abby-ish aspect. So I think people will enjoy reading it. It won't be a slog. Give it a try.
0: Right. Thanks so much for being on the show today. I really enjoyed talking to you.
1: Thank you, Catherine. I enjoyed talking to you.
0: I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show.